0: This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Bob Johnston and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio, 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County and Bloomington Normal, 88.3 in Pontiac and 97.1 in Lincoln, up and down the Double Nickel covering also 89.1 in DeKalb and Sycamore up in northern Illinois, and still growing. So we're covering much of central Illinois, some of northern Illinois, and we're still looking to move further south and expand our listening audience. Uh, We're going to have a great show for you today. I'm here with my wife, Lynn. Remember, we are brought to you by you, and all of our expansion and all of the area that we cover has been made possible by you. We count on your donations, and any donation that you can give will be greatly appreciated. If you would like a donation, you can go to our website. Website, sorry, that's CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Again, that's CatholicSpiritRadio.com. If you go to that website, it'll tell you more about us. It will also tell you how to make a donation. You can also make a donation by calling our station, or if you want to get information about us, also by calling our station. And the area code is 309, our number is 807-2427. Again, that's 309-807-2427, or go to our website, and uh, you can find out more about us and also make a donation. And anything that you can give would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we're getting close to Easter here. It's not long uh, before uh, Easter. One week. One week to go. Tomorrow
1: is Passion's uh palm pa- sunday
0: palm sunday National tomorrow sunday already it doesn't seem like it it seems still like it's winter out there and we can't seem to get any spring or summer weather this year and it sort of was like that quite a bit last year i hope it doesn't do the same thing and move from cold to hot uh i would like to get a nice uh, rest of april and may and hopefully maybe we can still get that uh, but at any rate, we are uh, close to Easter, and, uh, of course, it's the greatest uh, time of the church. And uh, we're going to have a great show for you today again. Uh, we're going to talk. Is there anything, first of all, at all that you want to add, Lynn, before I start?
1: Uh, no, but, uh, well, maybe. Just to add that <clears throat> every every Catholic should know that they're supposed to receive the sacraments once a year. That's church law. It's been that way forever and ever. But if you can do it during the Easter time, it's even more meaningful. And get yourself to to church and to communion. That's for those that don't really practice a lot. But you can see what's going on around you. You need to be focused on Christ and on uh, Christianity. And that's what Bob's going to talk about today. It's so very, very important to not be swayed by the things that you see, going, you know, and the people are trying to push on you. Be independent.
0: Exactly. It's a great uh, time of the year, the Easter season for those people. Maybe you've uh, sort of quit going to church or dropped out or going irregularly. Uh, It would be a great time to come back into the church. It's a beautiful time of year to do that. And uh, it would be a good time, again, to go to confession, uh, make a good confession, go to communion. And uh, that is required of Catholics once a year. It's so important uh, that we hang on to our Catholic faith and especially our Orthodox, traditional Catholic faith uh, in the times that we're in. And I've mentioned the last several times on the air that we are living in some very perilous times and some very insane times. And Western civilization itself seems to be uh, heading downhill, and uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, talk about the reason that that is happening. But during the Easter season, it would be a great time again uh, to come back into the church. If you're going to church regularly, it's a great time to renew all of us, our commitments, uh, and uh, go to confession and uh, receive communion and Just enjoy the Easter season and uh, the fact of the resurrection and all it has meant for all of Western civilization. And uh, we'll go into that and talk about it uh, as we go along. Uh, I want to read from an article in the uh, New Oxford Review, and it's the uh, April uh, edition of the New Oxford Review. The article is by Jason M. Morgan, It's actually a book review, uh, and the title is uh, Judeo-Christian Westernism, An Impossible Triangulation. And uh, Jason Morgan reviews a book. The title of that book is The Right Side of History, How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the West Great, and the book is by Ben Shapiro. And uh, Jason Morgan has great respect for Ben Shapiro, and uh, what Ben Shapiro was trying to do, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along but Jason Morgan at the same time disagrees with the uh, premise of the book that somehow or another western civilization or modernism uh, or the enlightenment or uh, the things that grew out of it can be a substitute somehow for Christendom or a substitute uh, for the Catholic Church. I've said so many times the Catholic Church built Western civilization, and at one time Western civilization and the Catholic Church were uh, the same thing. Uh, And without the Catholic Church, there really is no Western civilization, and there's certainly, you know, the American Revolution and uh, the Enlightenment and so forth, and modernism are certainly not uh, substitutes for the civilization that the Catholic Church built. In fact, without the Church, what we understand is civilization uh, will pass away and go out of existence. Uh, it came into existence with the Church, and if the Church uh, it doesn't prevail, uh, it will go without the Church. And what I mean the Church doesn't prevail— Yet the church is certainly not going to, Christ promised that the church, uh, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. But what I'm talking about, the church prevail as the center and the uh, uh, main uh, part of Western civilization. If it doesn't prevail as that, Western civilization itself then will simply go out of existence. At any rate, let's go ahead and uh, get into this article. I want to take my time going along. If there's anything, uh, Lynn, that you want to comment on as I go, feel free to uh, jump in and do so. Uh, Don't let me get away with uh, going past something that uh, you feel is important to say. At any rate, it says here, The person of Jesus Christ is the hinge of all human history. The Messiah, for whom the Jews had waited, broke into our world in Bethlehem and called everyone to himself. The law of the jungle was overturned like the money-changers' tables in the temple. The people living in darkness were shown a new light of reconciliation to the living God. What had been foretold by the prophets, hoped for by the Baptist, and announced by the angel, came true, and the baby born to die. And, of course, it's talking here about, you know, John the Baptist, and it's talking about the angel Gabriel who came to announce to Mary that she would have a child, and uh, that child, in effect, would be the king of uh, the world in heaven. It goes on here to say, Henceforth, we have all had to make a choice, whether to take this all as it is, or refuse the redemption offered us in Jesus of Nazareth. And the choice he means is that we have to choose to believe or not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that uh, he died and was buried and was resurrected. And, of course, we're coming on Easter. We're coming on that day of resurrection, and we have to make a choice. Do we believe in that resurrection and, therefore, that Jesus Christ is God? Or is Jesus Christ just a great prophet? Uh, and this is the, the important choice that uh, Jason Morgan here is talking about. He goes on, he says, The holy book about him, that is Jesus, is in two parts. Uh, the pro- prolegomena, which would be in effect sort of the prologue or the beginning, or we can even say the Old Testament, and the consummation, you know, that of his life, that would be the second part, the epilogue, or we could say the New Testament. So Jesus is sort of the beginning, the pre—the uh, whole idea here is pre-Christianity, and then there is Jesus, and he is the the uh, center point, and then there is that which comes after Jesus, uh, and that is Christendom itself. And everything centers around that, and Jesus himself is the very, very hinge, the very center point. Uh, In fact, actually, isn't it, Lynn, that the word cardinal in the church means hinge, doesn't it? Right,
1: right.
0: And uh, so cardinals sort of like step in, sort of, in in other words, in persona Christi, that is in the place of Christ, standing in for Christ, and they are the hinge that uh, centers between what was before and what comes after, and what between heaven and between earth. And uh, the Pope himself is the vicar of Christ, that is the connection on earth to the uh, connection to God, which is Jesus Christ, you know, the uh, uh, Savior. So, uh, at any rate, the holy book about him is in two parts, precisely because he is the center point of human drama. The Old Testament gives way to the new because the old world was overcome by the resurrection. In the church itself, you know, when we go to church, we, 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 when we come into the church or when the priest processes down the aisle, we're heading east toward Jerusalem, toward where heaven is actually coming down to touch the earth and where the earth is passing away. And we are transforming into an entirely different world. The old world is passing away, as Jesus said, and the new world is coming. And so this is what uh, that we're talking about here. And Jesus is the hinge. He is the connection between the old and the new. And it was Christ coming into the world that turned everything upside down and changed the entire world. Uh it goes on, it says, the Old Testament gives way to the new because the old world was overcome by the resurrection. Challenges to the unity of Christ and his church have been not cultural, but doctrinal. In other words, the church doesn't make differences in culture. Uh, it, it, it appeals to people of all cultures through its doctrine and through its dogma. And so it is, doesn't make any difference what culture is a culture has, as long as it follows the dogma and doctrine of the church and doesn't transgress that doctrine. All people the world over can be Catholic, which means universal. All can take part in the redemption and salvation that Jesus Christ makes possible. And it goes on here. It says, Albigensianism, Lutheranism, Docetism, and Islund, These heresies distort the church and her head, and uh, Albigensium, or uh, Catharism, was an early uh, Gnostic heresy in which the people who believed in it preached that there was the material which was bad and the spirit which was good, and there was sort of like a good God and an evil God, a sort of dualism, which uh, of course was a heresy, and uh, the church opposed and overcame it. And then docetism was the doctrine that preached that Christ was somehow two people, that uh, his body was really uh, spirit or he had some way of changing from uh, body to spirit, and it went back and forth between the two and uh, sort of mixed up with another name for for another heresy, which is very similar to it. And the church, of course, rejected this as well. And then, of course, there was Islam. And uh, Islam was, in fact, actually a substitute religion that sort of mocked or aped uh, Catholicism, sort of a syncretic religion made up of uh, a little bit of Catholicism and a little bit of uh, Oriental-type thinking and uh, something that, uh, again, the church opposed. And he goes on here to say, particularly noxious have been Lutheranism. And I know that's probably hard on the ears of some people. But the fact is, as Martin Luther rebelled against the church. And when he says Lutherism here, he says, and it's various Protestant iterations, meaning some of the, the various uh, doctrines and sects and different interpretations that grew up around Martin Luther's uh,
1: his theories,
0: yeah, his theories and his <laughs> his uh, theology and his rebellion against the church, and then they go on again. Islam, of course, which uh, these things claim to go beyond Jesus and founding a new church and, a, and an ape of the real thing, meaning you know a a, a non uh, a, a fake, so to speak, uh, of the real you know Christianity. It goes on here for two thousand years, however, Christians held firm neither Saracen nor Wittenbergian, and by Saracen, again, it's referring to Muslims and the uh, uh, Islam uh, religion, and uh, nor Wittenbergian, and of course, Martin Luther was from Wittenberg in Germany, and uh, he taught at a seminary there, and this is where he put his his, uh, objections to the Catholic Church, supposedly on the door of the church at Wittenberg, but more likely he put it in the basket in which uh, most people put things that they wanted to debate. And Luther probably did the same thing. We won't get into that, but that's probably what really happened. Uh, At any rate, it goes on. It says... uh, these people seem to have succeeded in adding a third scroll to the Bible. In other words, we're talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament and Christ being the hinge between the two, the old world and the new world, the old law and the new law, and the the, uh, uh, old uh, idea of God and the new. And he's those those two things. The two covenants. Right. And... uh, it seems that these heresies are always attempts to add something else to that particular formulation. And uh, it seems that in our modern times, this is what uh, Jason Morgan is driving at, that there has been a success in adding a third idea or a third formulation to what always has been the basis of, uh, Christ and Christianity. He says, Christ and his church have been the final word and the Catholic missionaries who went out over the millennia have desired that all men be baptized into the true body of Christ and thus be saved. And of course, when it says be saved, they don't mean, he doesn't mean here just by baptism alone, but if you're baptized into the church, then through the church, you are able to be, uh, saved or to be converted and uh, the catholic church teaches that uh, all salvation is through the catholic church we incorporate the idea that many of our protestant uh, brothers and sisters who have left the church have taken much of catholicism with them and in the sense that uh, if they uh, are Redeemed. I mean, everybody, of course, is redeemed when Christ came into the world. That means they can be saved. But if people are actually saved, it is done in effect through those teachings that were handed down by the Catholic Church, even for people that have left it, but taken a lot of the teaching with them. So we're going to stop at this point and uh, take a break and come back to this article and point out that points out how Western civilization and Christendom. Either are the same thing or a Western civilization goes by the wayside because without the church, there is no Christendom, and without Christendom, there's no Western civilization. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Catholic Spirit Radio welcomes our newest listeners in DeKalb County, Illinois.
3: Our acquisition of FM translator W206CE was made possible by the generosity of Catholic Spirit Radio supporters in Central Illinois. We hope our programming helps you to develop a mature understanding of your Catholic faith. We welcome the communities of DeKalb, Sycamore, and areas beyond to our family of listeners and supporters. May God bless you for listening.
0: Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're talking about uh, an article here written by Jason Morgan, and it's a review of The Right Side of History, How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the West Great by Ben Shapiro. And Jason Morgan is taking issue with this. Ben Shapiro is trying to actually oppose the forces that are destroying Western civilization. But according to Jason Morgan, he's doing it by somehow incorporating the idea that uh, Western civilization has a body or somehow a, 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 a theme of its own that can survive outside the Catholic Church. And Jason Morgan is taking issue with that. He is saying that the Catholic Church was and is Western civilization and without it, there won't be any Western civilization. In other words, the Catholic Church built Christendom. Jesus Christ built Christendom through the Catholic Church. He started his church, and without uh, the church, there is no Christendom, and without Christendom, there is no Western civilization. So let's go on with the article. It says here, The civilization that was built up in celebration of Jesus, the world that arose to glorify his name and consecrate his resurrected body and blood, for all to partake of, was fittingly named for him, and that name, of course, was Christendom. Christendom had no azimuth, meaning that Christendom didn't have any particular uh, section or area of the earth that uh, it incorporated. It wasn't uh, just Europe, or it wasn't like the United States, or it wasn't Russia, or it was... It it could incorporate the entire world. Uh, It was rooted in Jesus, and his church, not in a particular culture, not in a particular set of customs. In other words, Jesus and his church. It was rooted in what Jesus taught. He told, he formed his church. He, in Matthew, he says uh, you know, to uh, uh, Peter he's, you know, and the apostles, uh, go out into the world and teach everything that I have commanded you. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And he goes on to endow the apostles along with Peter with that same power and to go and teach it. He doesn't say go out and write a Bible or go out and teach what you think the Bible says or go out and teach uh, what the Constitution of the United States says or the Magna Carta or the Treaty of Westphalia or something else. He says, go out and teach everything I have commanded you. And that is after he had been teaching them for about three and a half years. And he says, go out into the world. He founds a church. He doesn't found a state. He doesn't found a country. He doesn't found some kind of a constitution or a Bible or anything else. He founds a church, and he tells that church he will be with it until the end of the age. And he gives it all of the power that he has. He says that, you know, his father has given him that power and now he's passing it on to the apostles and, and they are to go out and teach through his church. And he goes, it was rooted in Jesus and his church, not in any particular culture or set of customs. Adherents of the risen Christ have communicated in Aramaic, Hebrew, Syriac, Greek, Latin, Arabic, Uh, Amharic, Slavonic, Magar, Vietnamese, Korean, and a host of other tongues. The body of Christ was tragically split along linguistic, interpretive, and political fissures as the Roman Empire disintegrated, but the church remains today as she was when the Son of God first walked with Galileans and Samaritans. Universal. Babel was vanquished at Pentecost, and ever since... There has been no East or West, no Jew or Greek in the ecclesia, that is, in the church. And uh, when we talk about Babel being vanquished, we talk about the idea of, during Pentecost, the speaking in tongues and everyone being able to understand everyone else. We can look at that as a literal happening, but also it is a sign, a symbol of the church itself. It was the idea that the Catholic Church... Unified the entire world, all of Christendom around it, and caused all of Christendom to be one thing and caused the differences among the various cultures to, in effect, disappear and become unified in the one hinge between uh, earth and heaven, and that is in the man and Savior and resurrected person, Jesus Christ. It is therefore curious now to hear all this summed up as the West. And, of course, it is. I talk about the West a lot, and I talk about the fact that the Catholic Church built Western civilization. But what he's saying here, Jason Morgan, is that the West, that is, was built, that the West was Christendom, and Christendom was the West. And if we lose Christendom, then we lose the West. And so our civilization... I, the very idea of civilization is the church itself, is what he's saying here, is the Catholic Church. And without it, our civilization ceases to exist. Because it is even odder to learn that the West is Judeo-Christian. Judeo-Christianity ended with the Acts of the Apostles. You know, that was the Council of Jerusalem. Uh, and the conversion of Paul... To Saul, of Saul, that that is the conversion of Saul to Paul. In other words, he became the apostle Paul. And the West, Gaul, perhaps, or Hibernia, or Morocco, across the Mediterranean, was inconsequential. Churches and their altars were built facing east, because Easter had changed everything about the way humans understood themselves and their place in the world, and that is. It is the truth today, when the priest uh, walks down the in, in processes down the aisle of the church, uh, we assume symbolically that the priest is walking east, that is, toward Jerusalem, toward the new world coming down, and the old world passing away. He goes on here. He says, "When I hear politicians and pundits speak of the Judeo-Christian West, I wonder what they are talking about. I think what many of them mean, whether they admit it." is a third Rome, a third part to Scripture, the same old attempt to overcome the church with a revamped brand that was tried by John Calvin and later by others. And again, the Catholic Church is not something founded by a man and a man's name. In other words, the Catholic Church is not Lutheranism or Zwinglianism or Calvinism or some other ism based on some man. The Catholic Church is the church that Christ founded, and Catholic means universal, and it's a universal church throughout the entire world. It incorporates all cultures as long as those cultures conform to the dogmas that were given to the apostles by Jesus Christ and the the command that he gave them to go out and teach all nations what those dogmas and doctrines were, and they have been passed out for 2,000 years. And Christ didn't say go out and invent new dogmas or go out and think up something else or go out and think up modernism. He said go out and teach what I taught you. And that's what the church has done and that's what the church must continue to do if Western civilization is going to survive. Conservative commenter Ben Shapiro's book, The Right Side of History, How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the West Great, serves as the manifesto of the heresy we might call Westernism. The heresy is simple. It substitutes the remains of Christendom, the civilization, for the church that Christendom has largely abandoned. In other words, Westernism and modernism, Americanism, or whatever you want to call it, the Constitution of the United States, the documents of the Enlightenment, the great books, all of these things, all of these so-called Western ideas, (laughs) This are not, you know, Westernism and they're not Christianism, Christendom, Christendom and Westernism is the Catholic Church. And without it, it doesn't exist. It goes out of existence. And that is the crisis that we see our civilization uh, facing today. Uh, Christendom uh, has abandoned the church. That is that thing that we now call Christendom. Western civilization has abandoned the church. And without the church, it will not long stay in existence. Uh, It does this to accommodate. Why does it do this? It does this to accommodate the so-called enlightenment, the ideas of the enlightenment, which was the rebellion. And it does it to include Protestantism and every darkness that flowed from it against the church, against dogma, against the magisterium, and against the Judeo-Christian anthropology, that sees man created in the image and likeness of God. So, in other words, what we're looking at is the remains of the Christendom that was destroyed uh, by the Enlightenment and then, of course, by the so-called Reformation. He refers here, Jason Morgan, to the so-called Enlightenment, and he also means the so-called Reformation. And I have used that before myself. And, uh, in one instance, I can remember being taken to task by a cleric for saying the so-called reformation. But in my opinion, and in Court Morgan's opinion, it is the so-called reformation and the so-called enlightenment because it is really not an enlightenment. And, uh, it really was not a reformation. Uh, Luther did not reform the Catholic church. He left the Catholic church and rebelled against it. And, uh, it was the, uh, Reform of the Catholic Church, the Council of Trent over 20 years actually reformed the church. And of course, the church always needs reform because human beings are subject to uh, error and subject to sin. Westernism wants to keep the benefit of this arrangement while maintaining the Enlightenment conceit that man can have the world on his own terms and not God's terms. In other words, there is the Enlightenment conceit that somehow or another Uh, Our own documents, constitutions, uh, scientific findings, and so forth can be the basis upon which the Western world uh, can be set. And uh, the fact is is that it's not true. It doesn't work. And without the church, there is no Western civilization. For those of us of finer conscience than the usual Enlightenment devil, there is Judeo-Christianity, the Enlightenment religion, the only tenet of which is that Jesus was not really God and so there is no need to make the choice the crucifixion, the crucifixion demands of us. And the, the choice he's talking about here is to choose to believe whether or not Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he is God. And somehow or another we can suspend that and allow that to be some kind of a choice that we can make or not make. And uh, the substitute for all of that will simply be our constitution Uh, science, uh, the enlightenment ideas, the great books or something else, and none of them are working. Our civilization is falling apart and going downhill, and it's falling apart and going downhill because our civilization was the church, and our church was the civilization, and without the church, there is no western civilization and probably no real civilization at all. To be sure, Shapiro is not trying intentionally to do any of these things or any of this in the right side of history he has done excellent work in arguing for sanity in american politics and for a respect for the dignity of all men shapiro is a fearless pro-lifer and has been in the cockpit fighting the worst of the worst of our rotten culture in every conceivable media and the fact is is that we need to recognize that our culture is rotten. And uh, it will get further uh, rotten without the church. Uh, you can see it going downhill. I mean, we have our schools teaching kids that pornography is okay. We have our schools teaching that it's all right to uh, mutilate and disfigure young kids, boys and girls, using chemicals and drugs to change their bodies from one sex to another. We have uh, our schools teaching that it's perfectly okay to engage in all kinds of uh, sexual behavior that we, a few years ago, would have been astounded <laughs> and would, would have arrested and put people in jail for doing the same thing, and now this is going on in our schools. This is how fast our Western civilization is falling apart. It is falling apart because there is no longer belief in the fact that without the church, uh, there is no Western civilization. It is not Shapiro's intentions that mar the right side of history, but the things he is unable to see. In other words, Shapiro is trying to do what most of us are trying to do in our culture and civilization somehow substitute the American Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or the Magna Carta or the Treaty of Westphalia uh, or uh, our history or the great books or something else for the Catholic Church, and it doesn't work. Uh, The problem is not that uh, Shafiro was fighting the enemy, but he doesn't realize that he, too, is on their side. A lot of our conservatives, a lot of our Republican party and a lot of the the organizations and people that that many of us think somehow or another will save us from what's happening to Western civilization don 't realize that without acknowledging the major role and the authority of the Catholic Church there won't be a Western civilization here's Shapiro on how he understands his mission. <coughs> In order to fix ourselves, we must examine what we believe. We believe in freedom. We believe freedom is built upon the twin notions that God created every human being in his image and that human beings are capable of investigating and exploring God's world. Those notions were born in Jerusalem and Athens. Okay, so far so good. He's talking here about uh, the ideas of, Jerusalem, that is being Jewish law, the Old Testament, and Athens, that is the Greeks, being Greek philosophy, and the two sort of coming together. So, so far, so good. But notice Shapiro does not go on to say that Jerusalem and Athens were combined in the church. And when they were combined in the church, then they became something brand new. The old law faded away and was put aside and the new world was born in a combination of the Greek uh, uh, philosophy, along with Christianity, and the two together is made is what made Western civilization. It goes on. He says here, both of Jerusalem and Athens were forgettable backwaters for most of the past two thousand years, and it was the Church the combining of these two in the Catholic Church, the combining of these two with Christianity that built science and human rights, that lifted billions from poverty and gave billions, superior, billions spiritual purpose. And that was Rome. And then comes the Enlightenment bait-and-switch, the moment that makes the heresy. Jerusalem and Athens were... The foundations of the Magna Carta and the Treaty of Westphalia, Shapiro writes. But the Magna Carta and the Treaty of Westphalia were not the foundations of Western civilization. Uh, the treat Magna Carta and Treaty of Westphalia grew out of the destruction of Christianity by such things as loserism, the Enlightenment, and the Protestant Reformation, so-called Reformation. Uh, These were an attempt somehow or another to hold what was left of Christian civilization after 30 years of war, uh, hold it together and somehow or another stop the hemorrhaging and the destruction uh, that was happening in Western civilization. They were certainly not the foundations of Western civilization, and that's the mistake that Shapiro makes, and that's the mistake also that many of us make today. We're going to have to stop here and take a break, so stay with us. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Being Catholic
2: with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. Catholic Spirit
0: Radio welcomes our
3: newest listeners into Kalb County, Illinois. Our acquisition of FM translator W206CE was made possible by the generosity of Catholic Spirit Radio supporters in Central Illinois. We hope our programming helps you to develop a mature understanding of your Catholic faith. We welcome the communities of DeKalb, Sycamore, and areas beyond to our family of listeners and supporters. May God bless you for listening.
0: Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're talking about uh, an article by Jason Morgan, and it's a review of a book by uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, called The Right Side of History, How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the West Great. And Jason Morgan is taking Ben Shapiro to task for a mistake that he's making, even though his intentions are good, and many of the things he does are extremely good, in trying to oppose the direction of our culture. And the failure uh, that is going on, according to uh, Jason Morgan, is the fact that... uh, the Western civilization by itself is not something that can stand alone. It was built by the Catholic Church. It is the Catholic Church. Christendom is the Catholic Church. And without that, uh, without the Church, none of this can stand. He goes on, he says, Shapiro sees clearly that we have lost something tremendous and are suffering greatly as a result. But he gets the, both the time scale and the lost treasure wrong. Shapiro goes on and says, uh, We believe we can reject Judeo-Christian values and Greek natural law and satisfy ourselves with intersectionality or scientific materialism or progressive politics or authoritarian governance or nationalistic solidarity, he writes, but we can't. And uh, Morgan goes on and says, Here, here. So he's agreeing with Shapiro there. We can't depend on any of those things that Shapiro named, science or materialism or progressive politics or the Republican Party, the American Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, authoritarian governments, nationalistic solidarity. We can't depend on any of these things to restore Western civilization. But then, according to Morgan, Shapiro goes on and says, we spent the last two centuries carving ourselves off from the roots of our civilization. But notice here, according to Morgan, what Shapiro is saying. He's saying we've spent the last two centuries carving ourselves off from the roots of our civilization. In other words, we spent the last 200 years carving ourselves off from the roots of our civilization. But Morgan is noting that our roots, of, of the roots of our civilization don't go back 200 years. Those are not the roots. The American Revolution is not the roots of our civilization. And and uh, Morgan goes on. He says the Protestant Revolt was openly countenanced in 1517. That's 500 years ago alone. And so that's 500 years ago, not 200 years ago. It was the Protestant Revolution, the Enlightenment, and the uh, the American Revolution itself, that have overturned Christianity. And he's saying it was Christianity, that is Christendom, that is the Catholic Church that were the roots of our civilization, not the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution or the American Revolution or the French Revolution, or the treaty of westphalia or the magna carta none of these things were the roots of our western revolution it was not the ideas in the great books or any of those things the roots of our rather the roots of our civilization are to be found in the catholic church earlier in the book he writes that is shapiro writes he says we are in the process of abandoning judeo christian values and greek natural law favoring moral subjectivism and the rule of passion. And we are watching our civilization collapse into age-old tribalism, individualistic hedonism, and moral subjectivism. And that is all correct. But Shapiro has the cause of those things wrong. He's saying that is caused by our abandonment of our 200-year-old Western civilization. It is not. It is caused by the abandonment of Christendom, and the abandonment of Christianity. That's what built our Western civilization. He goes on, Morgan goes on, and he says, It was not Judeo-Christian values against which Luther, and then Voltaire, and then Tom Paine, and then the Bible-snipping Thomas Jefferson, or the Masonic George Washington, and the rest of the Enlightenment crew were rebelling against. It was against the Church. It was against Rome. That's the rebellion that has caused the problems that we're having today. And there is no substitute for restoring the church to its center of authority that it once had, because without it, there will be no Western civilization. It will continue to decline until it will be gone. He goes, the right side of history begins with a false premise, namely that what we have lost is not Rome and the church, but their odd and slivered avatars, Athens and Jerusalem. In other words, what we have lost were Greek philosophy and Jewish law. And as important as those things are, those are not the things that are causing our, West, the loss of those are not is what what is causing our Western civilization to decline. What's causing it is the loss of the church that married Athens and Jerusalems into Christianity and made the brand new world that was born when the church came into existence, when Jesus Christ told the apostles and commanded them to go out into the world and teach everything that I have commanded you to teach, everything that I have taught you. And that's what the church's job was to do and hand that down from uh, one uh, generation to another, and it did that for 2,000 years, and it's the abandonment of that church which is the cause and the root of our, what's happening to our society today. Sometimes it must be said, Shapiro works far too hard. For much of the book, he goes on a quickie tour of the great books, trying to make each thinker fit into the so-called Judeo-Christian West. Which postdates nearly everyone he considers. In other words, the Judeo-Christian West actually comes about after all of these thinkers and so forth that he's talking about. So uh, it wasn't these. It wasn't these things that built Western civilization. Beyond some bad lip reading of the philosophers is some downright misunderstanding, such as when Shapiro tries to have the hell unleashed by. Niccolo Machiavelli, Luther, and Calvin, culminate via Protestantism in human rights. Shapiro forgets to mention that human rights have long been the handmaiden of the totalitarian nightmare. And uh, what uh, Morgan is getting at here is that, first of all, you had, for example, the Thirty Years' War that Luther unleashed upon Western civilization and the Christian world. And which ended in the Treaty of Westphalia, which finally said uh, people are to quit fighting over religion. But that was not any kind of real solution. It was just a ceasefire, so to speak, to the fighting that was going on, although it picked up and has been continuing to go on since that time. And, he, and then when we talk about human rights, let's say the rights under our Constitution, we forget that the Supreme Court of the United States— can define actually what human beings are. We have had 60 million babies aborted in this country, and, of course, some of those people that were aborted were actually viable babies, some of them already born. And uh, that is still going on, and the court decided that uh, a person is not human. The church taught that humanity begins at conception, and the Supreme Court decided that uh, that's not quite right and that we don't really know when humanity begins, and uh, that that, that a, a woman has human rights, and her human rights give her the so-called right to abort her baby, and that uh, babies that are unborn yet, still inside of a woman, have no rights at all because they're not yet human. Yeah, so I'd this, like
1: to add just a little to that. Okay. Just this week, it was they have found... Five bodies of almost for full-term babies sent uh, in, were thrown out. These babies, one of them was a full, almost full-term male. It had, had its brain sucked out at an apartment building in Washington, D.C. They're investigating this now. I doubt that anything will be done about it because it's an accepted fact but it really points out how far we have how far we have fallen
0: exactly and we have fallen that far according to Jason Morgan saying here that because we are forgetting the fact that western civilization was founded on the church the church was founded on Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is God the church and western civilization Christendom itself is founded on God and without God's law There is no real law at all. Human law and human rights are whatever a group of men say it is, or however someone wants to interpret a piece of writing like the Constitution and often how someone wants to interpret uh, the Bible, uh, as if somehow or another every person has the right to interpret the Bible for themselves and uh, that Christ didn't found a church in the Bible was somehow not the product of the church. Soon as the church is gone, that Jesus Christ founded, as soon as that is no longer the root and the ruling factor of civilization, civilization itself begins to unravel and go back to what it was before Christ came. And uh, so the solution to that, of course, is to hang on to the traditional Orthodox Catholic Church with all of its dogmas and doctrines intact and handed on, just as they came from the mouth of Jesus Christ to his apostles and from his apostles down to us. And without that, there is no Western civilization, because that is what Western civilization is, was, and will be, and only will be, when the church is returned to the central authority that it has the right to hold. This is more than just half-baked theorizing. It sets up uh, a, in other words, the kind of theorizing that uh, Shapiro is doing here uh, since simply sets up an entirely different foundation uh, for Western civilization to rest on, and that foundation simply is not sufficient to do so. Uh If history has a right side, that is, in other words, we talk about nowadays this idea of being on the right side of history. In other words, when we abandon the Constitution itself because we can't interpret it properly without the church there to do it, uh, then we somehow or another try to rely on history. We can call that also manifest destiny, which is just a declaration of what history is. If history has a so-called right side, and the United States occupies it, and that's what uh, a lot of people seem to be saying, that somehow or another there is a right side of history, and uh, certain groups of people in the United States know what that right side of history is, then it seems not too different from from history having a right side and it being held by other powers such as the Soviet Union. So what we see going on in Ukraine today, are we going to say that somehow or another they are justified, the Soviet Union, in doing that? Because people in the Soviet Union can claim that they are on the right side of history. That the right side of history is somehow the premise or the moral principle upon which we base what we do. And this exactly is what's going on with this idea of the right side of history. We had this in the United States, by the way, not that long ago, called Manifest destiny. It was okay to uh, have the Spanish-American War or to go into Mexico and fight Mexico all because of the so-called manifest destiny, which just is another name for the so-called right side of history. And if, if the right side of history is simply uh, what we say it is, then again, it is no moral compass and it certainly is no foundation upon which to build anything at all and certainly not a civilization.
1: Yes, I've never been able to figure out what the right side of history really is. History, to me, is history. Something that happened in the past, and you have to learn
0: from it. Exactly. Without the church to tell us what Jesus Christ founded, like I say, he founded a church. He gave it the authority, and he said it would the, the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And uh, that is what determines what is the right side of history and what is not. And when the authority of the church is gone, then the authority of Western civilization is gone, and then Western civilization itself is gone. In order to get from Jerusalem and Athens to Philadelphia, that is to, he's saying here, Jason Morgan is saying, in order to get from Jerusalem and Athens to Philadelphia, that is to the American Revolution, without passing through Rome and coming to a true reckoning with Protestantism, that is, understanding that it was the Catholic Church that built Western civilization, in order to try and skip over that, Shapiro has no choice but to paper over the theological and historical gaps with a mystical, mythical force called history and uh, we're starting to get to the end uh, of the time of our program. I'm still not to the end of this article, but I think everyone is beginning to understand that what I'm driving at, in this article is a good way to do it, and I've said it before, but I think this makes it very, very clear that uh, it is the Catholic Church and the Church itself. Without that unity to hold Western civilization together, all the rest of what we try to depend on, whether we can call it the Reformation, whether we call it Protestantism, whether we call it the Enlightenment, whether we call it science, whether we call it the Constitution, Declaration of Independence or the Great Books, none of those things will hold Western civilization together. We can, you know, we're gathered about the skirts of the Statue of Liberty, but just remember, the Statue of Liberty is a pagan goddess. And uh, we have a lot of pagan goddesses. The church, the Catholic church, and Catholics are always being accused of somehow having statues in their churches and worshiping statues. But one of the greatest you know, pagan things that we worship is this goddess called Liberty. Liberty, 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 without any real definition. Anyhow, I'm going to close this article, but the point is, without the Catholic church as handed down by Jesus Christ to the apostles and handed down... Uh, without the change handed down in all of its doctrines and dogma, without that, we don't have any real freedom. We don't have any real liberty, and we don't have any real civilization. And uh, Christendom was Catholicism, and Catholicism was Christendom, and Christendom was Western civilization. And without the church, we no longer have Western civilization. And trying to substitute all of these other things – That for the Catholic Church that gave us our true freedom, we don't find any freedom at all. We find nothing but license and nothing but a society that grows worse and worse in uh, what it does. And we reach the point uh, where we have to agree with Martin Luther King when he said that any law that is not based on God's law is no law at all. And the Catholic Church teaches that Uh, An unjust law, it's not based on God's law, it's no law at all, and it does not have to be obeyed. And we are vastly and quickly reaching that point in our civilization where all the authority that our civilization once had that came from God has been simply frittered away and wasted with this idea that somehow it can come from something man-made. And so I'm going to have to stop here. Uh, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us, defend us in battle. battle. Be, Be our, our protection, protection against the wickedness and the snares of the, the devil. devil. May, May God, God rebuke him, him, we humbly pray. pray. And, and do thou, o Prince, Prince of the, the Heavenly Host, by the, the power of God, thrust into hell Satan, and all evil spirits who wander through the world, seeking the, the ruin of souls. Host, Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob
2: Johnston. On Catholic Spirit Radio, if you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at com. Again, that's bob at com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykin's Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykin's Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio.